Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Happy New Year. This is the first Sunday of January, right? Yeah, the first meeting of the year. And uh, welcome to the first meeting of the year. You can get involved by calling 800-411-2663, 800-411-BOND. You can also email me, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org. Put your name in town, name in town. You can get involved right now, folks, anywhere in the world, all right? Um, oh, before I get into the theme of this year, we have a new theme. Isn't that something? Um, <laughs> Uh, interesting story. Yesterday, I uh, had lunch with uh, one of my nephews and his son were in town. And so my nephew and I, his son, adult female family member, and her husband and I, we all had lunch together at their house. And so my nephew's son is 13, 14 years old, big guy, football player guy, right? That's why they were here. So we are sitting about to have lunch, and the female relative said to my nephew, who was 13, she's like, you want something to eat, baby? <laughs> Come on, baby. And then after he finished, you want some more, baby? It took all I had not to go dead off. I had to go in prayer. I had to go down on my knees. <laughs> And so when I, I realized, wow, that's something else, how they do that to these boys. And I remember when I was that age, and they would say, baby, there's a baby there. It makes you feel like a baby. It, it weakens you, and you can't even defend it in that moment. And I was, so I'm going to have a talk with her, though. But I want to say to the ladies, it's mostly a black woman thing. I don't think white women and Mexicans and... And Jewish women call their teenage kids baby, do they? Southern white women do. Southern white women do. Oh. Southern white women do that? Yeah. So it's a southern thing. I think. So how come the women up north are doing it? And out west? But for whatever reason, don't do it, ladies. You make uh, a little uh, teenage young man feel like a child. And it occurred to me that I've never seen them do it to teenage girls. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but I've not seen them do that to teenage girls, only teenage boys or young men and older black men. Anybody ever seen them do it to a girl? You, brother? Like, call a teenage girl a baby? People call them babies, they do it to everybody. <laughs> but I've never seen them do it to girls. Or I've seen them do it to men and boys. I don't know. Have you ever seen them do it to teenage girls? Yeah, the ones I've seen, they do it to everyone. They do it to the girls and the boys. So they do call a teenage girl a baby. Mm-hmm. Really? You ever seen that, Sonia? Um, yes. I've they seen do it. it to girls, too? I don't see it as much with girls. Me either. I, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen because, no. you know, I don't see everybody interacting. I mean, because my mother used to do it to me. But I don't see it as much with other people. Right. Yeah. Your mother did it to you as a teenager? Yeah, when I was growing up, I didn't think nothing of it. Right. Yeah. And does she do it now? No, no, no. All right. But black women do it to black men right now. What do you want, baby? 
<laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> it's horrible. It really is. You ever had that happen to you? Not in a long time. So what? Not in a very long time. How old were you when it last happened to you? I can't remember. Oh, so probably was a child? Probably, when you, yeah. Did it happen as an adult? No. Hi, baby. What you want, baby? No. Not that I can remember. All right. Okay. Whatever. Yes, on you. I was just trying to, while you were saying it, I was trying to figure out the big problem with it. Oh, good. Yeah, that's, I mean, I know you was, what you were saying, but I don't. Is there anything wrong with the mic still? some reason, we can't hear it. Okay, if, if there's something wrong with the mic, you got to need to tell me there's something wrong. So the mic guy doesn't keep going to the people and the mics are not working. But this mic is not that right now. Okay, come and take care of that one, yeah. Um, go ahead, Sonia. I was trying to figure out the big problem with saying baby. To adult men? <laughs> I think sometimes when women say that to adult men, I thought it was like, like, is it their boyfriend or their husband or something like that? So what now? Is it their boyfriend or their husband or something? That they said to? Yeah. No, they said to all, you know, any man. I think it's just something to say. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But why don't they say it to women? A woman calling another woman baby? You can't see that? No. So is it sexual or something? Maybe. So when black women are calling us babies, they're <laughs> sexually attracted? <laughs> are you saying that? So when this family member were calling another family member <laughs> baby, are you saying it was sexual? No, not it. That, that's why I was asking. Is it the adult men? Are is it the husbands or the boyfriends? I thought it was like a term of endearment or something like that. No, they said to anybody. Patrick, what, have you ever had that happen to you? Yes. And I, what, I think it is thought of by them as a term of endearment when they say it to some extent. What does it feel like when they say it to you? What's the problem with it? I mean, I take it somewhat literally in that they're saying baby. I mean, I think they're trying to be endearing, but it's also, it just has an inappropriate sound to an adult male to hear it. Yeah. You know. So does it, make, it irritate you when they do it to you? I don't know about irritating. I don't know if I go that far, but it just doesn't sound right. Oh, okay. Yes, come right here. Right here. There you go, buddy. There you go, babe. (laughs) 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 Anyway, yes, sir. You know, I don't remember what came first, but I know in the 60s, the word baby started to be used heavily by everybody. Women, you know, girlfriends would call their boyfriends baby and... That word was just all over the place and started right around the hippies. But I'm okay, I'm okay with if you're dating or, you know, you're married, and we tend to be into that, so we'll say baby. That's a different tone and a different thing. I'm talking about you calling just any man baby. A grown, he could be 80 years old, and you could be 30 calling him a baby. Yeah, that, that is I, That's what I'm... I'm not saying that when you're in love. We all... 
You know, when we're in love, we call each other baby all the time. That's true. <laughs> so it's a different thing. Yeah. All right. So that's not going to work, buddy. Baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I found for myself that... Uh, you ha- have you had it happen to you? Yes. Okay. Yes, I've had it happen. And when I hear it, it's degrading to me. And it takes away from my manhood. Uh, and it's not... It's putting me in a, in a, a childlike state when a, when a grown woman has that real syrupy, you know, you know, come on, baby, or... You want some more, baby? And it's, uh, <laughs> and it's degrading, and I, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. like it. I don't like it. Never did like it. Yeah. I didn't like it as a kid, but now when women say it to me, I say right away, I'm not your baby. I just tell them, I'm not your baby. Because in, in, in all honesty, it's a put-down to men. It is a degrading put-down to men. Yes. Men do the same thing. I, you know, these guys say, oh, honey. And well, they, those are, they must like, be homosexual men. No. Real men no, don't say honey and baby. No, no just guys. <laughs> that's a mama's man. Yeah, but guys do that. Like, you well, do, that's you crazy, talk, too. You normal, norm, it's the same go, thing. Oh, okay, honey, okay, baby. They don't, they don't treat you like I go to them. I'm Mary. Right. <laughs> like, I have respect for you, the ladies, right? You guys are grown women. Right. There's no re- way I would be calling you babies. Yeah, well, no. Oh, honey. I, I, I'm going to call you by your name. Right. You know, but treat you do. like an adult. <laughs> like, but if, if you run up on a man who is doing that, and I got to move on here, but if you run up on a man, he's a gay man. He's mama boy. Men don't talk like that. <laughs> I have a good friend where he answers the phone. He's 57 years old. And when he answers the phone, good evening, good morning. I'm like, cut that out. You sound like your mama. Because <laughs> his mama does it too. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> good evening. So just like his mama. And he hates his mama to the core. He hates her to the core. He hates her with a passion. <laughs> but he's becoming just like her. 57 years old. Who want to answer a phone, good evening, from a man? Yes, Pat. <laughs> I'm just saying. There are uh, old school guys from different regions that will say honey to a young uh, woman, right. especially attractive. Uh, but it's interesting that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that, um, that has been the feminists have really attacked that type of thing and you hear less guys doing that now right whereas this this baby thing that's coming usually from black women is rarely challenged this year we're challenging satan in every corner every area call me baby and see the result (laughs) (laughs) i am not a baby and i'm especially not your baby so sorry it when i was a kid and they did it it gave me like what uh, he, Frank, uh, Frankie said. Uh, uh, it was an irritating, childlike feeling. Yeah, like a degrading. I don't care if my mother was saying it, my grandmother, or people I knew who loved me, and they may not have meant any harm by it. It still was a put down. It felt like a put down. I don't get that now because I don't resent the situations in life, but it actually felt like a put down. 
And then I notice that when black women get angry at me right now on the radio show, they go to baby thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, they don't want to give that respect, so they go to the baby thing. And so it's more to it than meets the eye. But I have no problem with loved ones. When you're in love with your man, call him baby, and he'll call you baby. That's a different thing. But if he ain't your baby, don't call him baby. <laughs> uh, did I see a hand on it? Oh, okay. I didn't know this would go this long. For, for instance, like, you used to see my, my grandson. You know, he's only going to be five. Right. So if I say um, baby or honey or sweetie or something, he says, I'm Max. There you go. That's right. <laughs> Don't do that to him anymore. No, but I just had like a little endearment. I say Babo and when he was little and he oh, liked okay. that. Yeah, now when, Max, now yeah. if I call him Babo, he says, I'm Max. Right on. <laughs> I love that. And so guys, when these ladies call you baby, say your name is whatever it is. Or oh, I'm not your baby. You my mama? You know. We gotta correct this stuff. <laughs> Did you have your hand? You done? Oh, okay. Anyway, that's the baby talk. <laughs> I just observed that uh, yesterday. So it's time for this stuff to end and it's time to grow up and it's time to deal with life as an adult and not as some little baby boy. You're not baby. We should give one another, men and women should give each other respect. You know, there's a way to treat each other. And if we don't take a stand, it's not going to get better. And I'm going to have a talk with this family member. I'm going to warn her in private that if she ever does that again in front of me to anybody, she better pray. Because <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway, um, the theme for this year is Romans 12, chapter 1 through 2, 1 and 2. And it's... Um, it's um, It goes like this. I urge you then, brothers, remembering the mercies of God to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, a living sacrifice dedicated and acceptable to God. That that is the kind of worship for you as sensible people. Do not model your behavior on the world Contempor- on the uh, contemporary world, but let the renewing of your minds transform you so that you may discern for yourselves what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and mature. And so uh, the theme for this year is to uh, uh, renewing of your mind from within. And the reason I realize that, because I see how, as my mind has been, is renewing over the last 22 years or so, I'm more mature in the way I deal with life. I see things clearer now, and I'm understanding what's really going on, the spiritual aspect of what is happening. And I see that the world, the intellect, the intellectual people, they, uh, their minds, as all of our minds are, are foolish to the things of God. It cannot discern the things of God. 
And so their minds are as far from God as the West is from the East. And what I notice is that they are trying to solve our problems in a physical way without other things, entitlement programs, uh, um, uh, wars. They're having wars thinking that that's going to solve the problems. Uh, they're offering more free stuff. They are fighting against the races. They, um, I mean, just everything is going on. Oh, they're giving us more medication. Uh, they are trying to ban our rights to bear arms. All this stuff that they are doing in their minds, they think that that's going to help us. That's going to help society. And they are so foolish in what they are doing that they don't have the common sense to even look back and see that they have been doing it this way for years and things are only getting worse. They are not getting better at all. They are getting worse. It's foolish to think that you can ban, you can prevent good citizens from protecting themselves in their own homes or even out in the world by taking their you know, guns away from them. But in their minds, they believe that that's the right thing to do. At least I think that they do, because otherwise, why would they keep doing the same things over and over again? And it's to the point now, I don't know if you heard that last week, a newspaper up in New York, in the New York area, printed the names and addresses of all the gun owners in the neighborhood. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) With the intent, intent to intimidate and prevent these people from protecting themselves. And they, when they did this, it caused me to realize, well, in a way, this may be a good thing because if the criminal look and see my name and my address and see that I'm loaded in my house, that I have a gun, and then they see my neighbor next door, and they're not on that list, who house do you think they're going to go to? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... They are so foolish in the way that they do things, all they ever do is create more problems. There are more people on medication than ever before in history. Everybody and their mama are taking antidepressant pills. They take pills to feel better. They take pills to feel bad. They take pills to go to sleep. And they take pills to wake up. They take pills to look at you or not to look at you. And it's getting worse. And these people are like psychotic in the way they see life, and they'll kill you because they have enough emotional problem with the inability of handling stress that when they're high on these pills or feeling low on them, you put a little stress on them, it's over. And it's crazy to see this happening. And I have to tell you, as a witness, the best way to learn is from within. We got to renew the mind from within because it's not going to ever, ever happen from without. It's just not the way it's set up. It's never going to happen. You just be going, you go, you get, you become a nut. You get worse when you do it that way. You got to learn to, and right now, few people know how to deal with stress. And the reason that they don't know how to deal with stress is because they so outwardly, they, they're reading and writing and running around and being crazy and, and stuff like that. And stress is just, you know, 
weighing them down and driving them nuts. And so until we can, my desire, and hopefully all your people will help me, we got to be an example of that and then tell people they got to calm down and go within so that they can, their minds can be renewed. Otherwise, it's over for our society. I, I, I read a report where the government is saying that college education, I believe maybe it's not just for blacks, but I think they said black people are not working. And so now they want to go back to trade schools or junior college. I don't know if they necessarily say a trade school, but the government want to give junior colleges around the country buku money so that these black kids can learn a trade because they have not been successful in getting a college education. And I'm thinking to myself, trade school is the first way to go anyhow. Even if you decide to get a college education, if you know how to work with your hands, you're going to always have food on your table. But everybody and their mama coming out of colleges with no um, with no job waiting for them. No job. So we're going to renew the mind from within this year. How about that? Yeah. And we got to, before we end today, I want to tell you how to do it. And once you lock into how to do it, it is amazing. It's amazing. You won't go with the world. You won't be depressed about your situation. You won't uh, allow stress to overtake you. You would see that the government and all these folks are setting you up for failure and won't go with it. And, I, and we need this right now because stress is prevalent in most people's lives. And anger and resentment and all of that stuff. And families, all, all races of family, but not all families, all right, uh, screw up today. You can't even look at them and they won't go off. <laughs> I was looking at one of my cousins the other day, and she's like, what are you looking at? I'm like, totally nothing. <laughs> I'm looking at you, but I'm looking at nothing. She's getting mad because I'm looking at her. But that's because, and I know her situation, she's totally stressed out. She doesn't know how to deal with it. And it's going on from generation to generation. Stress is supposed to make us better in life, not to destroy us. But if it gets inside of you, it will destroy you. And the reason that it gets inside of you is because you have anger. You're open to the world. You're really open to it. You can't, you can't take criticism. People can't look at you. You know, if someone tells you the truth about yourself, you get mad right away. You're, I was talking to a young lady last Sunday, and she asked me, you know, I'm a manager at my business, I try to tell my employees the right way to do a thing, you know, to take care of a project, and they take it personally. And all I'm doing is trying to help them make the thing work, and they're taking it personally. What do I do? And I just said to her, you know what? Just let them get mad. You tell them the truth anyway, and don't get mad at them. And then eventually, if they don't do the job, fire them. And this year, I want the children of God to be ahead of the children of Satan. I don't want us always catching up. We have to be like on a mountaintop, seeing what the children of Satan is doing, are doing, and then we have to get ahead of them so before they take away everything that we have, including, including our rights in this great country. Another thing, and then I'll take some questions, is that uh, religion has screwed us up. We have been 
women had. We have had preachers standing in the pulpit guilty as sin, and they have just shelved knowledge down our throat of good, and it has not done anything good for us, but made us judge ourselves, judge others, hate ourselves, hate others, condemn folks. It has not made us free. Have you noticed that? Everybody and their mama know the Bible. They go to church, and yet they're messed up. Religion has set us up for total destruction. It's worse than the secular knowledge we get in these universities and places. It just builds the ego, and it doesn't do anything good for us. And I realize it's because the preachers are not insightful. They're not inspired. They're no different than a, a college professor. And then they don't know how to handle their own situations in life. And we're just going around here judging one another, judging everybody, judging ourselves, and it's screwing us up. Is there anywhere in the Bible where God says that we should judge ourselves? Is that in the Bible anywhere? No one knows? It's not in the Bible, right? And yet people judge themselves. You know how sometimes you get angry at yourself for making a mistake or doing wrong or feeling bad? You're judging yourself, and you don't have a right to do that. But the reason that you're doing it is because your, fa- your parents have been an example of that, and you have been told by religion that, oh, if you overeat, if you have too much of this or that, you are wrong, and you need to repent, and you need to judge yourself. And that's why we're doing it. And it's doing nothing but keeping us down. You have no right to judge yourself. None. It's never going to help you. And that's why you're not getting better in life. That's why when you start to renew your mind from within, there is no judgment on your part. It's only observation of what's going on without the decision of right and wrong. That's how you want to live. God is the only judge. Let's come right here. He is the only judge. But every, almost every human being is playing God. We judge ourselves and we judge everybody else. In order to repent, you're saying we don't need to judge ourselves? Absolutely. How do you repent without judgment? Just seeing that you're wrong, playing God. And see, that's the deal. Most people, most of us play God in our lives, but we don't know that that's the problem. Whenever we make a decision, whenever we have an opinion about anything, whenever we judge ourselves or others, when we have anxiety, when we're anxious, that's playing God. And when you can see that that's what you're doing, everything will pass away. Everything will stop. You will start to overcome you don't even have to um, we, when I saw myself as I really was at the time, it was because God allowed me to see that I was just dark on the inside. I'm like, well, I'm dark, but I didn't call myself evil or good. I just saw the darkness, and while looking at it, it caused me to repent, the ability to see it. The worst thing you could do to yourself. Whether you're a dope smoker, 
or a cigarette smoke or whatever, don't judge it. If you want to overcome it. Yes. How do you see and not judge? And I, I, I take uh, it you mean by judgment, by being hard on yourself, you know, like we do when we want to repent. You know, we go, oh, that's so bad. What did I do? That's what a good question. You know, and we start mourning it and we say, I'll never do that again. I, I'm going to repent and never go back there again. You know, we get all upset about it, and embarrassed and all those other feelings that go with it. Right. So how do we, I mean, at some point you're going to see where you're doing wrong. Right. You're going to see it. It's, it's going to come. There's no doubt about that. It always does. But the question about how you don't judge it and what exactly that means is, escapes everybody. How do you see it and not judge it? Yes. All right. Good question. Ed want to respond to that. He's excited about it. <laughs> I had, a, I had a, a brief insight when he said that. One of the things that hits me um, when I judge myself is I kind of almost create another person looking at me that's no better than the one that caused the thing to be judged. It's a strange thing that happens. And if you're there, you know you moved in the wrong direction. If you just see it, and it's not, I, I don't know how to explain this. This is just something that came to me when he was asking the question. Let me show you how dumb it is to judge yourself. And judge yourself is when you get angry about anything that you do, because that's judgment too. Um, have you noticed that whenever you do get angry about your wrongdoings, that it never changes? You go right back to it eventually. You have like 10 days of freedom, and you'd be like, wow, I've gone 10 days and I didn't sin, right? And as soon as you say that, you go right back to sin. And then when you do it, you get mad again. Dang, I can't believe I did that. You're hurting yourself by doing that. You just have to watch it. But the, the question of how do you see it and not judge it, when you truly, truly see, then you won't judge. You can't judge with true seeing. But if you see it with your physical eyes or your emotions and stuff like that, you're going to do it over. You're going to judge it. There is a sin that separates from the way you feel about anything that does not judge you. So when you truly, truly see, you will see how not to judge because there is no judgment in it. Very good answer. Yeah, there is no judgment. And I want this year, this is not a test. When we fellowship, it's a, a fellowship. We're sharing with one another because I'm learning too as I stand here and talk to you. We are learning from each other. It's not a test. So don't try to say what you think I want you to say because you're fooling yourself. You got you to gotta let that go. When you truly see, you will know it because there is no judgment in it. Yes, ma'am. I feel like it can also be like I do something wrong, the difference between being hard on myself and saying, I probably shouldn't have done that and moving on. You know, like the more you dwell on that stuff, that's right. when it gets you. That's when you're bound to kind of repeat it, right? Right. If you just kind of say, that was wrong, and then you just, and you move forward, then you've left it behind and you, you don't have any emotion about it because you probably didn't mean to do it. And if it's done now, there's no point in dwelling it in the past. But you still end up doing that again too, eventually. Okay. You notice that? You just say, you know what? I probably should have done it. Let's say you wake up in the morning, not that you're doing this. 
and you're just yelling at your husband for no reason. And he's like, oh, what's wrong, honey? And then you think, oh, I should have done that, right? Right. And then you guys, you know, you'll be all happy for 10 days, and then somehow happy, you'll do it again. And where the problem is is when you say, I probably shouldn't have done that. So even that's judging. Yes. Too. You have to watch that because everything that we are going through in life, we, we need to go through it. We really do need to go through it so we can see from it and grow from it, overcome it. But when you say, I probably shouldn't have done that, you're making a decision of that being good or bad mm. because you're deeming that as being bad. That's why you're saying I probably shouldn't have done that, right? So I've made a decision about it. Yes, exactly. Versus just seeing it. Just seeing it. And let's say that you see it and you realize, oh, you know, I'm wrong. You just apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, and and just move on. Mm -hmm. But don't make a decision about it being wrong or right because you may have needed that experience to get you to the next place. Interesting. Okay. That makes sense? Sense, yeah. yeah, we've been so messed up by the churches, not all churches, and the education system, and our parents, it's not even funny. And when you start renewing that mind from within, you're going to see what I'm talking about. The world is messed up. Don't give up your guns. Don't give up your freedom. Yes, ma'am. I think you kind of said it, but I was going to say it seems to me even the question the question that we form in our mind starts from my ego. Yes. And then we stay attached to it because of that. We can't separate yeah. out. We need to kind of get quiet. And That's right. See if it's a question from our ego or from... Yeah, just hold it, Mike, a little closer. See if it's All a right, question Rob. from our ego. You know, our ego is forming that question to keep us in darkness. Or Right, because when she say, I probably shouldn't have done that, the mind have already said it to her. Mm-hmm. You should have done that. And she think, when I say she, we can think that those are our thoughts. And that that's the mind of God making a decision for us, and it's not. And we really think we really have this question, but it needs to be more of a silent. Yes. Silent. The voiceless voice, the knowing. Mm -hmm. What's the ego connection? Let her have it back. Sometimes the questions that we form, sometimes I want to say something or I want to make an um, observation about something, and I can I'll see that it's my ego yes. really wants that answer. Robert, she's okay. It's I, my, I'm scared you're going to share that thing through her teeth. Uh, Mike, you're making me nervous here. I can see that it's my ego that's really asking that question. Sure is. So we have to kind of separate. Wow. We have to really see where our ego is coming in at every point. And it's always coming in until we start to recognize it and stop and go, no, that's my ego, and just stop right there and just wait for answers. When you can recognize that voice of Satan as compared to that voiceless voice of God, You'll be on your way. And when the questions come so right. quickly like that, it's yeah. usually our ego. That's right. Everything it, that happens in your head up here is the voice of Satan. And he keeps you locked in because he doesn't want you to find or discover that voiceless voice that renews you from within and guide your, your footstep. He doesn't want that to happen, so he's constantly, with everything you do, he's constantly telling you things about it. He really is. And that's why God said, my children shall know me by my voice. And Satan said, my children shall know me by my voice. And most people listen to the voice of Satan. And if you doubt me, this year I hope that this happened for you. Wait until you start to ignore it and allow yourself to be renewed. He's going to go haywire. He's going to really give, give you some suggestions. 
in everything you do. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead, Ron. Yeah. He's going to really give it to you. You got you to gotta find this quiet, still place within you. Did I see your hands? Yes, sir. It seems like the main problem is premeditation in all and everything that we're talking about. What do you mean by premeditation? It means uh, premeditated, planned out. Like, uh, you know, the two different crimes, murder and then premeditated murder is worse than murder. That's a, Premeditation is basically, I'm trying to use it in that regard, the way they use it in that crime. Oh. And it's a premeditated, means you thought about it before you did it. A lot of time when you're angry, you don't you you don't have time to think about it beforehand. You just you you're angry, you do it, and then you regret it later. When you're an emotional person. Right. I I I'm sure some things are premeditated. Satan will set you up to do some things later. But he I mean Well for me he, I think about everything. So anything that I've done wrong I've thought about before I did it. You, oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. Well, that is a form of planning it beforehand. Yeah. But all things are not planned beforehand when you're with the devil. The one thing I love about God, God uh, intuition is that when he gives you something, it's complete. There's no questions about it, no second thought, no anxiety, no anything. It's hold. Whatever he gives you to know, it's the whole deal. You don't have to think about it. Did... Uh, did Jesus say anywhere in the Bible that uh, evil is in the eye of the beholder? Anybody ever heard him say that? No. Well, I'm saying it to you now. Evil, you say yes? He says evil is in the eye of the beholder. I've heard that thing said. Yeah. I've heard beauty is in the eye. So what? <laughs> so when you hear me say evil is in the eye of the beholder. Does that mean anything at all? It means that you hold it, whatever's in your eye. Right here, Rob. <laughs> to me. Mean to what? me, it means that when you hold evil within, that's the eye you're going to be speaking from. That's what it means when you hear me say yes. that? Yes. Evil is in the eye of the beholder. And I behold the evil, and I speak it from that eye. Oh, okay. Uh, behind you, Rob. That's a, okay. I love this. To me, it means um, if I'm looking at you, there's something in me that's the same. So if I'm looking at your evil, that evil is in me, too. That's why it stands up to me. It stands okay. out to me. I love it. Yes, sir. When, when I hear you say the phrase evil is in the eye of the beholder, it makes me think um, uh, we're the ones walking around making the judgment of what is good and evil. So... He might have one standard. I might have a different one for what evil actually is based on our own particular judgment. All right. I love it. I love it. Yes, Ed. Um, uh, beauty is the, 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 the yeah. sister phrase, <laughs> beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Makes me think of somebody's looking at something that's just ugly, and you say to yourself, well, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and they're calling that beautiful, right? Right. So evil is in the eye of the beholder implies to me sort of a conditional deal. Sometimes it's evil. It's what's evil to one person is not evil to another. There, that's what I'm hearing. Oh, okay. Don't you love do you love that phrase? 
evil is in the eye I'm of the beholder? Sure. I know what you're getting at, so I'm not. I, I just want to tell you yeah. how I hear it. And oh, okay. I don't know what your point is. And again, I, I want to remind you: don't worry about my point. <laughs> you know, I, I want you to start looking for yourself. All right, because I'm looking for myself. You know, I'm not. I can care less about somebody else's point. And so this way you know that you know that you know that you know that you know, right? So that's why we're, I'm here looking for help too. So, yes, Mary. Oh, um, I see evil in the eye of the beholder as when I'm beholding someone else and I see they're doing something wrong. That's me projecting that. I mean, it's, it's my opinion having nothing to do with whether it's right or wrong. Oh, okay. It's a judgment, kind of. I'm sorry. Repeat what you just said. My mind drifted well, off. Well, it seems like it's, to me, it seems as though it's a judgment for me because I, I, I'm looking at someone and I'm saying, oh, that's wrong. That's not right. That's, my, that's me judging yeah. that situation instead of looking at what, why I see it that way. You know what's so amazing, too, to me, to add what you're saying to what you're saying I think it's, so, as I wake up, I see this. I didn't see this before. I think it's so amazing how we as human beings think that we're so smart that we can judge good and evil. To me, that's mind-blowing that we think that. Yep. Isn't that like mind-blowing? It is. Or is it just me mind-blowing? <laughs> I know that. That's yeah, the setup. Todd and the churches, yes. Yeah, so that's the setup. So that's why we can't ever get ahead because we're too busy. <laughs> But we've been set up like Looking this, there, and all yeah. it does is bring on suffering yeah. until Satan, Satan finally kills us. But, Satan, it's, but it's kind of automatic. We don't, we don't, because that's all we know. Yeah. We've forgotten the other way. That's another thing I love about God. Yeah. God's knowing is that when he gives us something, it's not like a surprise. It's like we already knew it. We just forgot it. It's like, oh, that, that, that made so much sense, you know. It's like something we already knew. It's nothing new. There's no new news. It's just a reminder. Satan gives us new news that set us up to destroy us. And let me tell you what happened when I asked. I had a, a guy call me in my office this week, or last week now, because today is the first day of the week, right? Yeah, first day of the week. And he was going on and on about his girlfriend. And I think they live together sometime, but apparently they don't live together all the time, I don't think. And he was saying, oh, she's just a, a drug addict. All she ever do is just go to work and, and smoke dope and get me high. I wonder if Raymond, I hope Raymond doesn't, I hope he doesn't start, I hope he doesn't start snowing. And saying, are you like in a meditative mode? Good morning, baby. <laughs> I'm so sorry, not at all. Not uh, at all. I try. Uh, okay. I try to keep awake. Okay. Your neck is gonna fall off though. Cause you like all oh, like this. <laughs> I'm telling. You, I'm born on the first day. Huh? Okay. You try not, not to be, be bored. Okay. Whatever. But uh, he was going on and on about um, uh, 
this girl, how evil she is, and, and she's making him get high, and he doesn't want to get high, but he does it anyway. And I said to him, I said, uh, evil is in the eye of the beholder. And he's like, wow, that makes so much sense. And what he realized when I said that is that he's judging everything that she's doing and calling it evil and didn't realize that he is the problem. The people who judge evil and call others evil, they are the problem. They are the problem. The problem is with them. And when we finish the dialogue, he realized that he presents himself as a Christian, an insightful Christian, but yet he uses this girl for his own personal gain. He has sex with her. He, he can't live without her there. He's like lonely and missing her, but he pretends that he is trying to help her. He pretends trying to help her, and she's the bad one that needs help. But once I said, well, you know, evil is in the eye of the beholder, he realized that he was playing the game, that he was the problem instead of her because at least her stuff is in the open. She's not trying to pretend she's holy and all that kind of stuff, right? At least she, he knows what she's doing, but he's coming up himself, and he was like blown away when he realized he was the problem, but yet he's judging her as evil. Isn't that like amazing? And I noticed that in the religious establishment, Everybody judging one another and others and not realize that they're the problem. You're the problem, not the person that you're judging. Because God said, let ye without sin cast the first stone. And I don't know anybody without sin. And yet we judge everybody and everything, including ourselves. We've been set up to do this, though. We don't realize that that's what we're doing because we have not, our parents were not good examples of that. And up until now, we have not been good examples of that. But you're constantly judging. And you can't cast the stone because you have seen yourself. Ain't that something to think about? That is so deep to me, I can boohoo. It just let me know I can never judge anyone else. When you get to know your own life, you don't have room to judge nobody, including yourself. But you're high and mighty on your meditation and on your little Bible stuff and going to church, and you're just doing it like 90 going north. I saw some hands somewhere I forgot. Oh, I saw here first and then there. Uh, you mentioned that uh, if Jesus has uh, said uh, it's evil in the eye of the beholder, um, I was thinking uh, when you were talking just uh, a little louder for me. I was thinking uh, while you were talking just a little while ago that uh, Jesus said, uh, you know, uh, why would you consider removing the beam of your brother's eye when behold, there's a larger beam in your eye? That's right. And that's exactly uh, uh, what I think uh, what you what you mean by evil being in the eye of the beholder. So, um, Amen. I love that addition to it. You're absolutely right. Jesus did say that. I want you this year to really take a look at yourself and see if you have any room to be mad at anybody. At your kids, your husband, your wife, 
your enemy, anybody. See if you have room to be walking around high and mighty on your scriptures and judging folks. And then it's foolish anyway because you can't discern. The mind can't discern good and evil. So it's crazy anyhow. Your mind cannot discern it at all. And so you're looking at your fellow man or fellow woman and judging them. It's all ego. You're the problem. Uh, yes. I was just going to say, I think it's, when you're saying this, how interesting it is how we judge so often, but we lo- know so little about anything in this world. That's right. We never have a full complement of information to make any decision properly. That's right. But we feel so self-righteous in doing it. Yep. And I was also thinking about how, myself, how, you know, I judge people, I, you know, I give them advice and tell them what they should be doing, and then I get mad at them when they don't do what I think they should be doing. Yeah. It's the most ridiculous thing in the whole world. Yes. Because it's not my place. It's only my perception of what they're doing, not what's probably actually happening. And the beauty of what's going to happen to you now, now that you're understanding this and you're going to start to live from within, you're going to be able to deal with those people in the right way, in a non-judgmental manner. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to deal with the problem and solve the problem or issue. It's just that you won't be personally involved and that you're judging them in why they're doing it or the way they're doing it, you still would be able to get it saw, but with perfect peace in your heart. And you're going to have compassion. And it doesn't mean you're not going to be honest uh, toward the person or people you're dealing with either. It just would be without judgment. So a lot of people think that, and I'm saying it because I know a lot of people think that when you drop this judgment of others and yourself, it's going to weaken you. Your real power is there. That's your real power. Do you think that that delivering an advice or a comment in judgment probably means that make it less likely to be heard by that person? I mean, do you think that perhaps people perceive that judgment and what you say just kind of goes over their head or they refuse to acknowledge it because of that? You're going to run into a lot of people who hate truth and there's nothing you can do about how they perceive it or receive it. And then there are going to be the people out there who love the truth. They're suffering and somebody comes along and they're going to be able to just discern where you are coming from and you'll be able to help them. Your light was, when we, when we get away from this judgment of ourselves and others, this intellectual garbage stuff we have in our head, your light is going to start to shine and the world will see it. And those that God is trying to bring unto him will come. And those that are not meant for him, because only a few are going to receive it, they'll go to hell in a uh, handbasket, and there's nothing you can do about it. So don't even think ahead about that. Just get to know yourself by renewing of your mind from within. Pay attention to self, and you're going to see you don't have a room to judge anybody, and life will start to change. It'll change by itself. Because the love, the discernment, the power of God is in us, and he would change us. Your mind will start to change. And just think about God. God made us. Why wouldn't he take care of us in this manner? But we've just been so brainwashed, dumbed down, turned over to the intellectual ego mind that we just fall away from it. It's time to come back. 
Time to start getting rid of all the obstacles in your way. And it's pride, it's ego, it's decision-making, it's having an opinion, it's judging yourself and others. They're all the same, the nature of Satan. We're trying to overcome that. That's what the focus is on. And God will do the rest. Isn't it like easy knowing that? No. No? It's not easy. Why not? It's not easy because our ego can't even comprehend that not judging, being quiet. Yeah. You're going down the street and you're not looking at something <laughs> and making a judgment about it. You can't even comprehend what your mind will be going through at the time. It looks as though to the, the, the stupid mind that if you're not judging and having an opinion, there's nothing left. You'll be very quiet. <laughs> You'll like, be yeah. nothing to say to each other. <laughs> and that would be nice. We'll have quietness on earth. <laughs> Because the folks who are doing all this talking, uh, they have nothing to say anyway. It doesn't help you. It just sets you up for failure. It's all ego, nothing talk. Can you imagine getting up and you and your husband just have a quiet day? You don't have to be talking to one another all day long. And then you don't have to get mad when he or she has nothing to say to you in the day. You let them have that quiet time. But the ego doesn't want that. The ego wants to be fed all, at all times. Uh, yes, Ed. Uh, I was just going to say the reason you thought it was easy and when she gave the answer that it doesn't seem easy because the ego wants to do something with it. Yeah. It just, one of the things about ego, ego wants something to, to wrestle with. Yes. It doesn't want to accept things as they are. So it's... It's hard for the ego to accept what's easy. It's strange. Well, kind of another, strange. to add to that, too, is that the ego doesn't understand the mind of God either right. because it's, a, it's Satan's nature, and Satan has no understanding about what is right. It's not in his nature. And so that's why the ego can't comprehend what I'm saying. It, it, God won't allow it to. God wants you separated from it so you become his because if the ego understood the things of God, then they would become one and you'd really be messed up. So you have an evil nature and a good, right? And so you want to be separated from that so you can recognize the good. That's in God. That's in you. So it can't understand it. That's why it's not good to even try to make yourself understand it, but to overcome it simply by observing it. This uh, person that I was talking to, and I said to him, uh, evil is in the eye of the beholder. He was like so blown away. He was like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do now. (laughs) I'm not going to let her come over here. I'm the evil one. (laughs) He had me rolling. He was just so funny in the way that he handled that. But I'm telling you, this year, you got to renew your mind from within. You got to have that quiet time. So you can find that quiet, still place within you where God is within us, and you can start living. Well, if you listen to this, and right now, it appears that things are really getting bad in the physical world around us. Uh, A couple of friends of mine went to a gun show yesterday, and they were telling me that everybody and their mama were there buying up everything they can buy. And I'm like, it's not like they get ready for Armageddon or something. But all the ammunitions and guns and rifles and everything. And so something is coming down the pipe. 
and votes are getting rid of, except for the black people. I, I'm sorry to say that. Because I asked, were there many blacks at the gun show? They're like, yeah, one or two. And the reason that the blacks were not there, not all, not all, but most, they've been brainwashed. They've been dumbed down. They go with color and not with what's going on spiritually. And so they've been locked into a physical thing. And so if something does go down, they're going to be wiped out first, but they don't realize it. They have no respect for the Second Amendment, even though in their neighborhoods, they need the Second Amendment more than anybody else. If anybody should be supporting the Second Amendment, it should be every black person in this country. Because in their neighborhood, the gang members are loaded, heavily armed. But they, they listen to people based on color instead of spiritually what's right, that they're missing it. When I was growing up, we had, I never knew my household without a gun. I never knew it without a gun. But because we were not into the color thing at the time, we were into protecting our families and doing the right thing. But the black, so black people, I warn you, <laughs> you better be trying to have some sense, some common sense. Because Satan is on a war path right now. He really is. I don't know what's going to happen, but I can sense things are just in the world, falling apart. And we, if we believe in God, we should not be drawn into it. Really. We should not have to go down with the world. Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. But the only way I think that that's not going to happen is that you got to go within and live from within. Now, here's how you do it in the few minutes that I have left here. Can you hear that fire truck or something? Um, you got to become quiet within yourself. You got to sit still when you pray so that God can allow you to truly see yourself. Put no more effort into it. He want to separate you from that ego nature, which is of your father, the devil. And when you sit still, spend time to yourself, you'll start to see. The more time you can spend to yourself, with yourself, away from TV and radio. And I'm not saying that you have to all day long sit in a house and do nothing. But you need that time where you can just see what's going on up here. And that is not your friend. You really do. You got to be honest with yourself because you're going to start seeing how the mindset of evil is working you over time. You start seeing that. And then you become amazed by it. You're like, wow, I had no idea that I was so into that. And the more you see it, you're going to worship God by having such an appreciation for it. Things are just going to start working out. Don't worry about anything. Don't, don't put your will into it. But you got to sit still and know him. I told uh, the congregation here a couple weeks ago to, for one week to spend more time to yourself as possible. And a friend of mine got busier. <laughs> he won't sit still for a second. You know, he'll find somewhere to go. He would... Uh, just busy doing nothing. That's a busy body. I'm like, wow. It's hard to, with the ego, as Eric was saying, it's hard for that ego to calm down. But you got to let it happen. You got to take the pain of it, all right? Overcome your anger. Forgive so that God can forgive you. You have no right to be judging. 
until you are able to say to yourself, I can cast this stone, then you'll be free. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you all for coming. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.